Hi, welcome back. The Audible's on the air. Kimbo Camper, John Kajemi with you. Got a big show today. Johnny Offerdahl is going to join us. We'll talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl and, and look ahead of what's going on with the Miami Dolphins. So a lot of stuff to get to. Let's not waste any time. And let me, let me remind you, the Audible is presented by AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. You can also watch the Audible every Saturday night at 730 on WFR, CBS4. You can also download the podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. Now it's time for our look back, presented by Morgan and Morgan Law. And uh, John, it's a big, big week for the Dolphins, uh, really last week. Um, and it kind of goes under the radar, the Senior Bowl, especially this year with COVID and everything. And, uh, you know, not, not quite the impact that it's had before, but still had all the NFL people out there that needed to be there. You got to see all the seniors, got to see some juniors out there. And, uh, a lot of good players, so uh, it was an important week for uh, for for everybody that was out there. But John, I, I can't help but I can't help but believe that having <laughs> Coach Flores, Chris Greer, and the Dolphins staff coach one of those team one of those teams, um, I, I think to me that they, 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 they couldn't have had it any better. Well, it's so valuable, Bo, and I agree with you to the point where you're on the field with these players, you're in the meeting room with these players. Uh, you're going to, you know, have lunch or, or dinner or a snack or uh, involved in meetings after private meetings with, with every individual player that you deem necessary that you want to gather a background on so that when the individual pro days come up, you can follow that up. When the draft comes up, you're ready. And when free agency comes up where you might have a guy targeted that really came under the radar a little bit going in or heading into the senior bowl that you go, you know what? we don't have to spend that much money at this position because I'm good with two or three of the guys that I saw at the senior bowl. If we get yeah. any one of those guys, we're going to be in a good depth situation. We'll be really good on special teams and he could probably provide us some help at wide receiver, at linebacker, at running back, wherever that position may be. And you find out a lot about what makes a guy tick. Uh, in those meetings and on those practice fields and in those private conversations. So I, I think it really was a, a valuable tool uh, along with the rest of the off season, but, but, but really get, you get to watch them play football. And that's the most important thing you know, about those three days of practice. And then ultimately the game. Yeah. And I think also John this year where the combine, we're not sure how that's going to look. It's certainly not going to be the traditional combine, but it, to me, it, it adds more importance on being there at the Senior Bowl with those guys and, and, and getting some of that, you know, just that thing that you, those things that you don't see, you know, it's, it's like, it's like you talk to poker players and they, they can tell, well, they, they, this guy's got to tell, I can see this, I can see that. Well, sometimes people, you know, they, they, they put their best foot forward, but you see some little things in them that you go, oh, I'm not too comfortable with that. And, and, and you don't see it sometimes if you're not one of the, one of the coaches or you see some guy that you think, yeah, I don't think too highly of him. And then all of a sudden you go, man, every time I turn around, the guy's, he's around the football, he's asking questions, he's watching tape, he's doing this, and, and then his stock goes up. So for players and coaches and everyone around the league, I think, I, think the, uh, I think this year's Senior Bowl really holds a lot higher regard because, you know, I, I, you know you, you, some, some of this has got to be just a leap of faith going into this year's draft. Well, you either validate or invalidate beliefs that you have as a coach. When you go to the senior bowl, to your point there, you know, you get a guy like a Nico Collins who opted out. He's a receiver yeah. from Michigan, didn't play yeah. in 2020, but in 2019, he averaged almost 20 yards per catch for the Wolverines who weren't known for their offense. Yeah. He's a big guy at 6'4", 215 pounds. You go and you see 
does he have the toughness? Do, you know, how far away is he from being a year removed from playing a game of football? He pro- he provided us a lot of a lot of highlights just in practice yeah. over those three days in pads. So there's guys like that. You kind of go, well, he may, may not have been on the radar, but now he's right back on it for all 32 teams because he had a terrific senior bowl week. John, who jumped out at you when you watch people out there and in the, uh, the, 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 in what you got to see from the senior bowl? I know you saw a well, lot. There was a couple of positions that jumped out and I'll, I'll stay at the wide receiver. I mentioned Collins from Michigan. He was obviously one of the guys that, that stood out there. And with, you know, some of the underclassmen not being there, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle were both injured. Jamar Chase was underclass from LSU. He wasn't there. There's a guy named Dwayne Eskridge from Western Michigan, diminutive in size, but man, can he fly and he can catch. And it's just not a track speed guy. He, He brings that track speed in the shoulder pads and can play play slot and and hand Tyreek Hill. This is what you think about when you see this guy. Well, you know, this is a guy that makes you miss at the line of scrimmage. He's strong, can break press coverage. He was very impressive. I thought uh, Tony out of Florida, he he lived up to the billing of of what he did in college for the Gators. Uh, I thought Amari Rogers from Clemson, another guy that can play inside outside. He did uh, a lot of really good things at, at the wide receiver spot. So, those were the guys that kind of caught my wide receiver. Uh, Dramondre Stevenson, I believe it is, from Oklahoma, big running back, uh, really played well. He was yeah. really good in pass protection, can run the ball, just wasn't a plotter. He was a big guy that could move. Yeah. So I think he caught yeah, uh, a, a lot of guys' attention. That's some pretty good running backs in the game. They did. They had a ton of running backs. They had a couple of guys uh, that really stood out that mirror a lot of what the Miami Dolphins do. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of, I thought there was a lot of talent. I thought they did a great job of acquiring a lot of talent. There was a couple other guys too, on the defensive side, uh, that stood out as DBs. I thought Keith Taylor from Washington, a corner was, uh, tenacious. He was always around the football and DeMar Hamlin from Pitt who can play safety and play close to the line of scrimmage, or he can play that, that center field position. He has the size, he has the good football intuition. He has that knowledge of an instinct of being able to be around the football and where the football is on the ground and tackle guys uh, in open space. So I, I thought he had a really good week as well. You know, I saw some kid from, uh, and he, it's funny because we're going to have John Offerdahl on the program and, you know, uh, you know, Johnny coming out of uh, Western Michigan and uh, coming with a, with a French horn into the training camp and, and the whole thing. And a kid from, I was an offensive lineman, I think 71, he was for a kid from Wisconsin, Whitewater. Yeah. yeah. Who, who got a lot of, a lot of, he, you know, his, his name popped up a lot. You know, he's one of those guys that coming out of a small school. And I think he was an All-American at that division and came out. And and, and really, I think, you know, so so you're funny. You look at a guy like John or guys that look like me from San Jose State going out. You know, you get some of these schools that, that aren't from the traditional powerhouse programs. And you see some of those guys come out. And, you know, and, and, and one thing one thing it shows you each and every year, John, is there's, there's players everywhere. doesn't matter where you're at. And it doesn't matter if you're at Michigan or you're at – you know, Western Michigan or Eastern Michigan, if you can play, they're going to find you out there. Oh, there's talent all over the country. And, and it's really over the last 10, 15 years, it's really come to the forefront of being able to just find people anywhere. And I, I think there was that at the Senior Bowl. You mentioned Meneras from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. There was a couple other guys, too. You know, you don't think of Cincinnati as a power, even right. though they were really good this year in college football. But James Hudson, who, who was an offensive lineman, uh, maybe didn't have the notoriety of a Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma who was a center in the game. But this is a guy that I think really uh, his stock went up 
during yeah. that season. You know, John, uh, I, I think John was one of those guys offered all. And when you think back at the senior bowl, his stock really rose, you know, from, from after his playing days at, at Western and being able to be able to come in and play in the senior bowl. That's a guy like that. Also Richie Grant, uh, a safety from UCF. I think his stock was up there. A guy like Carlos Basham, who most of the country had no idea plays Wake Forest and plays defensive end uh, can get after the quarterback. I think he rose up a couple pegs and as well as one other guy, Cameron sample from Tulane. I think he was seventh in the country with pressures on the quarterback every day. He, he was on his game and I think he was the defensive MVP in the game. So those are just a few names uh, that kind of maybe under the radar, big school, small school, but guys that are going to get drafted. Now it's time for our sit down amplified by Hard Rock Hotel. Joining us now, former All-Pro, kind of a guy that's looking at that Hall of Fame down the road, John Offerdahl, number 56. Nobody wore it better, John, and I'm saying my, even my roommate Steve Toll, my first roommate, was 56. But I got to give it to you, John. Thanks uh, for joining us, man. Kim, I get better every year. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> isn't, that funny? isn't that funny? The further away you get from your career, the better you get? Well, it's amazing how, um, how my memory... Uh, changes and I tell my kids how awesome I was. Right. Because uh, every once in a while they get they get a little bit of my film and they yeah. say, "Dad, come on, man, you're not that good." <laughs> <laughs> kind of humbles me. I'm ready to squish him myself. Hey, uh, real quick, just uh, just a quick thought on on watching the Dolphins and the transition they're going through, and uh, Brian Flores coming in and the changes they've made, and and what you saw from them this year, and and more more in the direction of where the team's going under this new regime? Yeah, so this is something that uh, a couple of years ago we were hoping for, and I think we got a great taste of it this year, and that was excitement and entertainment. Um, and for fans and, you know, us players who have uh, worn the, the uniform, uh, just being competitive on the field was something that was really enjoyable all the way through the year. Um, and, you know, it, it was probably the best bang for your buck as far as being a fan of any one team. We got to see some amazing play by Fitzpatrick down to the rookie and, uh, you know, between the two quarterbacks and the, and the defense and the turnovers. Every game was just an adventure, something that made it fun to watch football again down here in South Florida. It must have made you really happy, though, John, you know, on offense in the NFL now. It's all about – explosive plays but the Miami Dolphins really were led by their defensive explosive plays you know whether it was sacking the quarterback whether it was a, a sack force fumble scoop and score one yeah. of 10 interceptions by Xavier Howard as yeah. a defensive guy that had made you feel like when you went into your stores or restaurants that and people say, hey how about the Dolphins you had something to talk about yeah, yeah and we have TVs in our restaurants too so we actually keep it on the sports channel this year. It was pretty fun. Um, but I mean, when's the last time we watched a football game where we were more interested in, can the, can the defense create another turnover to keep the, you know, the consecutive game streak going? I mean, that that's pretty rare for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, not only lately, but in its history, we've had great defenses, but this was a, a, a very entertaining team and the defense kind of led the charge. Uh, with the entertainment, the turnovers, and, and the special play. You know, I, I thought it was also interesting, John, and you, you could talk to this, if you can remember back from your rookie year to your second year and how much of an improvement you made, maybe not so much tackling in the open field or doing things, but just confidence-wise, because it yeah. really transitions into how you 
physically play on the field. And I thought a lot of Dolphins took that next step. How did it work for you? And when you watched like Van Ginkle or you watched Wilkins, those guys kind of take the next step. You could say, oh, I understand where that's coming from. You know, I had the fortune of playing as a rookie and, um, you know, stepping into that role, especially back in the 90s, uh, wasn't as expected maybe as it is these days. Rookies are almost more, uh, you know, looked after and sought than a tenured proven player. Um, and I, I, the thing that comes with the rookie, obviously the youthfulness, the uh, energy, the, um, uh, the strength and speed of uh, someone who's still fresh and young, but there's no doubt that the NFL brings a, a level of experience that rookies just don't get. I remember my first year having to readjust so many things from angles to tackle people. I mean, back in the Mid-American Conference, I could go right after the receiver. <laughs> All of a sudden, in the NFL, you got to slow down, be prepared for the cutback because you don't want to miss a tackle and make, you know, make the terrible mistake of taking the wrong angle. All of that stuff, that experience accumulates uh, through the first year. And I, I just think a second-year young player who's got all the talent in the world is going to be a much more uh, talented and proven player on the field. Uh, so every year up to about five or six, you just continue to grow as an NFL football player. And uh, those first years are uh, so fortunate to be able to get play time uh, in those first early years because you, you get to use the experience and the talent that God gives you early in your career to make an impact. Hey, John, we just, uh, we just had the Senior Bowl last week. I know you had the opportunity to play in the Senior Bowl. I had the opportunity to play in the Senior Bowl. And, and, and really, I, I think it was one of those great experiences because it really kind of – you got to dip your toe in the NFL waters a little bit before you actually got into the NFL and got an experience. Well, what was your experience at the, Super, at the Senior Bowl? And what do, what do you remember most out of, uh, out of your time in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, so – that was, Bo, that was the most defining moment in my life. I mean, I got my marriage to my wife, and I guess I was born somewhere back then, but <laughs> I'm telling you, I turned into a football player that January 9th or whatever in 1986. I was on the East-West Shrine game. Uh, just a little kid from Western Michigan asked to play in the East-West Shrine game. And so, oh my gosh, I couldn't wait. I played in that game. And immediately after that game, I got a phone call that invited me because the linebacker didn't uh, decided not to show up. There was an opening for the linebacker on the North team at the senior bowl. And I couldn't believe it. I said, of course I'll play. I get down into the senior bowl. Dan Reeves is the coach. You know, as you know, they, they have <laughs> NFL coaches. So mm -hmm. I didn't even know that by the time I, showed up. I, I figured that out. <laughs> and within a week, I'm starting inside linebacker signal caller for the, the North's defense. The day before the game, we do goal line. Uh, you know, goal lines. Uh, we don't do a scrimmage. We go to a walkthrough. Right? right. And, and Dan Reeds pulls me aside with along with the defense coordinator and says, John, we really can't practice this, but Bo Jackson, the running back, the, as you know, right. uh, Heisman trophy winner running back, is going to jump over the guard center tackle or guard center gap. He's going to be about seven feet in the air and you got to jump before you ever see him jump. <laughs> and I just say, I was the most coachable person during that game right. because twice in that game, the ball was snapped on fourth down and one on the goal line. 
And I literally jumped before I ever saw Bo Jackson. And lo and behold, feet up there, man. I got my arms wide and I run into Bo Jackson. It was the greatest thing ever since the best sunrise you've ever seen. Anyways, I couldn't believe it. And I end up winning kind of the MVP of the game. And I had an unbelievable game. Put me, you know, in the second round of the Miami Dolphins. And I got this picture. I, I just thought you'd. You'd enjoy this picture. <laughs> yeah, bring it out. There it is. There, there it is. is. It is the iconic picture it's of beautiful, right? You get, you, I don't know. That might be 10, 15 feet John, up you, in the air. I mean, yeah. Johnny, I, I know, I know you're a conservative guy, but you might want to have that tattooed on your butt cheek. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have it with you everywhere, and you can show it to everybody whenever you want to. I carry that. I carry that in my car. Hey, the the best thing about it is Bo Jackson signed it. Awesome. Lucky tackle, never again. Bo Jackson. <laughs> hey, Bo, normally when I go into the restaurant in Weston, I kind of genuflect to that picture, and then I order my Johnny's chicken chowder. I know. You should have had that, is, that. You are preaching. I love that. Keep keep the word up. I love that. Yeah, you should have signed it. Hey, at least you're no Brian Bosworth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just think that's the funniest thing. Anyway, so. That's my high, uh, you know, my senior bowl moment. Um, you know, it certainly took me from a low round draft pick up to yeah. a second round pick and got me to hang out with Kim Camper and the Killer Bees for the first well, couple. Well, I got to tell you this, John. He talks about coming in. You know, John, and, and this 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 may be, I might touch on a little sore spot here. You know, John was a holdout. John was drafting the second round. He was a holdout. And so he didn't come in. And that was my last training camp with the Dolphins. And so Johnny came in. We were going up to Swanee, Georgia, to practice against the, the Falcons for two or three days and then, and then head back up. And so I had never even met John. I think he signed maybe the day before. Yeah. And so we get to Swanee, and there's John. And we're like, well, who, who the hell is this guy, you know? So John, I'm in the defensive huddle. John walks in the defensive huddle. They put him right in the, in the, in the huddle with the first group. And he calls the first, calls the first defense, and then and he goes – he goes, he looks at me and goes, you got the short outside. You, you got the deep curl. You got, watch out for, he knew every, he didn't even know, he, he didn't only know his position. He knew what everyone else's responsibility was. So don't, don't, don't let John give you that aw shucks kind of a guy. Fully knowing what he needed to do, you know. <laughs> that was uh it was it was easy to kind of hit you guys in the backside and just move you around up there that first <laughs> i loved every second of it i knew i was with killer we were used to being told what to do. we were used to being told what to do <laughs> the other thing i remember i don't know if you remember the other thing i remember about that that trip up there was they had drafted tony casillas and he was the first pick in the draft nose tackle out of oklahoma right yeah and so he was kind of talking trash before we went up there and then he, then he met dwight <laughs> he went to met Dwight Stevenson. The first day of practice, I, I'm telling you, they were always together, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, first yeah. team versus first team. At the end of the first practice, Tony Casillas walked off the field and he had tears running down his eyes. Well, I don't Dwight, think he played Dwight that first year. Dwight just abused, I mean, just abused that guy. <laughs> and Tony was a really good player, ended up being very, a great pro. Very yeah. good player, yeah. yeah. It took him a year to get, get, back, get his feet underneath him again, though. Yeah. And, Really, really quick before we let you go here, John. Um, defense in the National Football League now. Be tough, tough to play. Tough to play in that game with the tools that yeah. we had or the players before them had. It's, it's it's changed so dramatically. What do you think about what you're seeing on with penalties and defense and 
and, yeah. and all the things that make it difficult these days to play defense. Well, I think the game itself has just continued to increase in entertainment value. Yeah. And so they're doing something right. You know, I think it gives the quarterbacks, the receivers, uh, the playmakers, uh, the best opportunity for magic. And so yeah. in that respect, uh, you know, I give credit to the NFL and its rules and, uh, you know, penalties and uh, all the changes they've made with contact. Uh, I understand it. Um, but as a defensive player growing up with a hard head and looking and seeking contact, um, you know, I just see um, I see things a little different. You know, I, I struggle with uh, some of the contact rules and certainly some of the tackling and the yeah. kind of the form tackling that I was taught. You just don't see that. It's clear that they're not practicing hard in, 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 during the week. So when game time gets revved up to 100%, they're oftentimes out of position. And I don't think, you know, I'd love to see some stats on injury, yeah. but injury preventions. And uh, I just see a lot of people out of position and oftentimes in, in a bad position for, for contact. So from the standpoint of contact, I, I kind of miss the big hits. Nowadays, if you see any type of good hit, you're right away thinking, oh, that's going to be a penalty. And so it kind of takes a little bit of that flavor out, but I, I get it, right? I mean, I, I get the moms all the way down to, uh, you know, the entertainment value of uh, making big plays happen. It comes when cornerbacks can't, you know, touch the receiver and linebackers can't scare the receivers as they walk through the middle of the field. I mean, when's the last time you saw a linebacker take somebody's uh, – shoulders off right <laughs> it's just you know they go they go through the the middle of the field with uh, no fear yeah. so that, that was the only way we could kind of uh, protect ourselves and, and intimidate the others was that if they came across the middle of the field they were going to at least have to have their head on a swivel they don't have to have that anymore no, no. hey johnny appreciate you spending some time with us man uh, how many johnny tell me where, how many stores you got out there how many John, John Offerdahl's grillers you got out there. Yeah, well, we get, when they're all open, we have eight. You know, the airport's still closed, and we're yeah. still working on getting some of them back up uh, and running full throttle. But uh, it's still a, an enjoyable life for me. I love being in the restaurant business. As you know, Bo, the football is kicked off every day in the restaurant industry. We don't have a seven days to prepare or six days to prepare. We're on, yeah. we're on the always, clock. Always game day. <laughs> always game day. Always game day, but I love it. It keeps me young. Time now for X's and Bows. Hey, let, let's talk a little bit about about uh, about the season. You know, and, and again, I'm 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 like a lot of people. I'm, I'm really shocked that the NFL has been able to, you know, meander their way through this pandemic and get all these games in and have a Super Bowl played on the date that it's supposed to be played uh, here coming up in a couple of weeks. To me, John, that, that's remarkable and. And it was it was different for us, you know. It's, it's funny because John, you know, usually usually by midpoint of the season, we both have a pretty good handle on the coaching staff, and you know, made some relations where you can talk to talk to players and stuff. I still haven't met the co new coaches from last year, and I haven't met any of the draft picks from last year, which is a, a really different year. And and calling the game and, and reporting from the game from the from the third deck in uh, in Hard Rock Stadium, it's it's been a little different. It's been a little, a little unique. And uh, but it, hey, it's been a great year. It's, it's been fun. It was it was odd, but yeah. but thankfully, you know the the NFL and the Miami Dolphins I thought did a great job getting the stadium ready yeah. for the fans. And we were up on that third deck, and we'd see the same faces 
kind of, you know, as we're getting ready for our pregame show, our fifth quarter show, uh, you'd see the same faces in the same seats and they'd give you a nod and you'd kind of nod back and everybody seemed to have a good time. But you're right. It was different. You know, it was different not seeing you on the sidelines during the game or meeting you down on the sidelines in the fourth quarter or actually, you know, standing and introducing yourself and shaking hands with Tua to, to kind of right. say welcome to the Miami Dolphins other than the Zoom calls yeah. that we had with all the players. So I'm looking forward to hopefully in 2021 as we as we get looking forward to the free agency and the draft and the senior bowl and all that stuff when you know you get the new crop of Miami Dolphins that we're actually able to sit down and talk because you get to know players like that and you get to build relationships and I think that's part of the game that that's a big part of the game that I missed and I'm sure you did as well. Yeah John it's it's it's, it's been a it's been a funny year and it's going to continue to be a funny year this this weekend the Pro Bowl is going to be done uh, like uh, virtually or they're going to do it with the Madden Madden football you got they got that and uh you know, the, the Super Bowl teams, I, I read that uh, they're not showing up to, to Tampa. Well, Tampa will be there because that's where their, their home base is. But, you know, the, 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 uh, um, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not, they're, they're not allowed to come into town until, until Friday, I think it is. So, you know, Friday, Saturday is the day before the game. And then you play. So that's going to be that's going to be strange. That's going to be pretty odd. But uh, I guess it's just, uh, you know, more of the same for what this year has been. Yeah, it's just par for the course this year. And I think that everybody around the league did a very good job of actually following protocol and following, you know, all the things you needed to do to have a chance to play. And, and thankfully, we were entertained with a full season and everybody got the games in. We're at the, at the finish line with, with Tampa Bay and, and Kansas City. So even though they're not going to get to enjoy Super Bowl week as the norm, um, I'm sure they're not going to miss media day, but that'll be on Zoom. <laughs> But um, I'm looking forward to a great game on Sunday. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great matchup. And, uh, again, Tom Brady, it, it, you know, it seemed like every week it was always matching up the quarterbacks. And, uh, and now it's come down to this, Tom Brady versus Pat Mahomes uh, for all the marbles and should be, a, should be a, a, great, a great Super Bowl. And interesting to see for the first time ever uh, the home team uh, playing or the, the, uh, one of the, 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 the team playing in a Super Bowl playing in their home stadium. Uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, that's going to be a. Uh, well, I tell you, if you're if you're if you're a Tampa Bay player, that, that that you want to talk about a home field advantage going into a Super Bowl. To me, that's a big home field advantage. It is, and I heard so far in Tampa Bay, they're in the process of taking all the Tampa Bay Bucks banners down and all the the team stuff right. around the stadium because even though it's going to be a home field advantage playing there and staying at your own home and sleeping in your right. own bed, it'll be a little bit different looking stadium. But I'm sure it's. Still going to be advantage Tampa Bay. Yeah, I wonder who's the home team. I, you know, I don't. They all. I think the NFC is this year. I'm not positive, oh, so, but I think they are. Oh, so they'll be the home team in their in their home stadium. It'd be nice to have you know you make them the their visiting team, then they'd have to go dress in the visiting locker room. That's it right. It wouldn't feel so uh, so much the same. But uh, anyway, John, anything crazy happened to you with the COVID through uh, through all of our dealings with all these with all the the protocols and things that we had to go through to get through the season. You know, nothing, nothing crazy, but I, I think I've, I've gotten accustomed. I'm better on the computer now, Bo, than I ever was. I think I have to credit myself with that. Usually it was just press a button and I was glad that it turned right. on, but getting, getting on all these Zoom calls and kind of identifying people, I think uh, names and faces I've gotten a little bit better because your name comes right underneath. Right, so right, like right. a player that I didn't know, it was pretty easy, like Shaq Lawson and, and Emmanuel Ogba sometimes, it, it was a little confusing at first, but I had the names to save me. 
All right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a it's been a year. We're gonna have another one coming up, and you know, John, I think I think when you look at the NFL, uh, they've kind of they, hopefully going forward, if everything progresses, you know, vaccine wise and everything, they may be the they may be the one sport that kind of was hit, missed got hit the low levels of the pandemic, and then and then getting it when it maybe it's closing coming to an end where we can you can be a little more free and maybe get maybe get full stadiums back together next season. That'd be a pretty nice deal. Well, I'm sure the fans are looking forward to having that opportunity because it was an exciting season in the NFL and not a lot of fans were able to attend games in certain states. And I thought, you know, in the state of Florida with the Miami Dolphins, they were fortunate enough to at least get 13,000 in the stadium and, and get a, a glimpse of a team that's on the, on the ascent, you know, that team that's improving, you know, go from five wins to 10 wins, just missing the playoffs. A lot of excitement building up for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. Now it's time to take a look ahead. Presented by AutoNation, where Dolphin fans can sell their vehicles for cash. Now visit AutoNation.com. And, uh, John, we're kind of looking at the Senior Bowl a little bit. And, and we talked a little bit about the Combine and, and how it's going to change. And it certainly may put more emphasis on the Senior Bowl. But it's also going to put more emphasis on Pro Days without the Combine. And I don't know what iteration they're going to be in the Combine. I think it's going to be... Uh, Zoom Zoom interviews and those types of things, or much like last year, where coaches didn't get a chance to to get their doctors to to to, to see see players and give them physicals. They're going to make a big change, but as they adapted that last year, they'll adapt this year and and, and figure it out with uh, with the changes coming their way. Well, it'll be divide and conquer, that's for sure. Without you know everybody getting at one place at one time in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and I, I think, do think there won't be as many smoke screens, Bo, with sending scouts out to some places and maybe not others because you have, already have information. You're going to need to go to different places to gather that information. And whether that's via Zoom or, or, or in person, uh, you know, getting tested and wearing masks and watching guys work out uh, for their individual pro days at different universities, it will it'll put a stress on, on the scouts. It'll put a stress on, on Chris Greer and and Brian Flores, and that evaluation period is so valuable. And that's why going back to what we talked about at the Open in the Senior Bowl, you're trying to put the, the puzzle together, and all those little pieces really count and add up. And, and that was a big one in the Senior Bowl. Without having the combine in Indy, you're going to have to be able to go around the country via video or in person and find those guys and get that information to make your draft boards what it is after free agency. John, it's going to make it more urgent on players like it did in the Senior Bowl. It's going to make it more urgent on them when they step up on those pro days. Is hey, this is your shot. This is your one shot. Right. Hey, you went to the combine and you posted a good number there. Now you're just trying to better it here on your pro day. That's that's gone. Now it's hey, this is your one shot to to not only show us what you can do physically, but get get into get in and get into a conversation, get into an interview, so we can find more about what makes you tick. And, and let you know they look they're all everyone in this league's looking for guys that love football and, and can't can't get enough of it and uh you know we've both seen guys that are way over the top and we've sort of seen some people that you think are way over the top but when things get tough they're not so not so ready for it so there's a lot of things that these scouts and, and organizations really have to call out of these these pro days much more so than they do do on a normal year well you know the underwear olympics is isn't gonna is gonna be everywhere <laughs> this year because you just can't go to Indy and get it. And the other thing, Bo, I will tell you, if you ran a great 40 in Indy, I'm not going to run it at my right. pro day. I don't want to tweak anything or, you know, you did something, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bench press because, you know, I'm not feeling right today. Yep. I already did 18 reps of 225, whatever the case may be. 
I think there's going to be more guys that are going to want to demand or want to see, yeah. hey, let me see you run that 40 again. Let me see you go out and throw the football live. Let me see you go out and run routes. Yeah. Uh, let me see you drop into coverage because you, you take that for granted when you're in Indianapolis at the combine, but you're going to have more stress and more, more pressure, I guess, on your pro day than ever before. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something that, uh, that they've got to figure out and they've got to deal with. But uh, it's, 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 it's a new day, and, and, and that's where we're at. Hey, John, appreciate it again. Always a pleasure, my man. Hey, Bo, thank you. Look forward to next time with you. All right, for John Kajemi, I'm Kim Bocamper. That's going to do it for the Audible. And remember, you know, the Audible is presented by uh, AutoNation, America's largest and most recognized automotive retailer. You can save on 100,000 vehicles right now at AutoNation.com. You can watch the Audible every Saturday night, 730 WFR, CBS4 TV, Miami. And you can download the podcast from all your favorite streaming platforms and MiamiDolphins.com. Going into the offseason, stick around. There's a lot coming your way, and we'll all have it for you on the Audible. Until the next time, stay safe out there.